Well, good morning, everyone. Um, I'm Mikey. I'm the youth and young adults pastor here at Connect Church, and I'm super, super excited to be able to tell you all about what happened the week of Mission Akron. And before we get into that, I want everyone to be able to see the team. And so I'm going to have the team come up and sit up here. And if you guys want to give them a round of applause for being obedient to God the week of Mission Akron and all the work that they did. And you know, as they're, as they're sitting, um, like Pastor Jay said, there's just a big thank you to God and all that he did and all that he did through us on the week of Mission Akron. Um, and we're so, so, so grateful for that. And that's where I want to start this morning is I want to start with a thank you. I want to start with a thank you to everyone who prayed for this trip, um, everyone that prayed for everyone that is on this trip and for the projects that we had. Um, I want to thank you. Um, give a thank you to all of those who donated to the back to school bash and uh, the food that we ate throughout the week. We didn't have to spend another penny on food and we were able to be fed because of your guys' obedience. And then the school supplies, and I'll, I'll talk about this in a little bit, but the school supplies, we literally had exactly what we needed down to the notebook. And so I just want to say thank you for that. I want to say thank you to Patty Knight, Sherry Kennedy, and Verlin and Ralph McCauley and Stephanie Powell for feeding us all week. Thank you, thank you so, so, so much. You guys are awesome. I don't know what we would do without you guys. Um, they're just some of the most amazing people who just want to serve, um, and we're just so, so grateful for them. If you're new with us, or maybe you haven't been to a service like this where we celebrate what God has done on one of our, our mission trips, here at, here at Connect Church, we have a vision, we have a model of what missions look like, at least for the youth and young adults as of right now. Um, and we base that off of Acts 1.8. And Jesus says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And so we base our, our missions model off of this verse and what Jesus is saying. And so you got Jerusalem, you got Judea, you got Samaria, and you got to the ends of the earth. And so our cycle for missions is local, regional, local, and international. And we're on a four-year cycle. It's been broken up a little bit because of covid um, but that's okay. But that's what we base it off of. And Akron is our Jerusalem. That is where the disciples started, and that's where we start. Mission Akron is our home. It's our Jerusalem. It's where we can serve each and every day. Our Jerusalem's not going anywhere unless we go somewhere. And so that is what Mission Akron is all about. It's all about serving the community of Akron. And so I want to explain what we did throughout the week here shortly. Um, explain what had happened and what we were able to do and the relationships that we built and the connections that we made. We started on Sunday, um, and that would have been July 11th. And we started that Sunday, and every morning, except for that Sunday because it was the afternoon, we started with being in God's Word and spending time with Him. We, we spend time every morning doing a devotional and just going to God first and, and asking him for guidance and, and growing closer to him and, and, and diving deep into our relationship with him. And so that Sunday we, we did our devotional and then we ate lunch. And then before we could even get started, it started pouring down rain. Um, and this is kind of like a theme throughout the week of just rain and things that just come out of nowhere that we weren't expecting and had to switch our plans a little bit. But because it rained, we ended up doing a lot of stuff inside. We prepped for our back to school bash. And then once the rain 
settled down a little bit. We were able to go outside and, and be in the mud, and it kind of set the tone for what our team was going to be able to do this week, that they didn't care. They were willing to go get muddy and go get dirty and help our facilities team clean up around here in the ditches. Um, the tree that was cut down in the back, we were able to move all of the branches and get them into the woods. Uh, we were able to do a ton of stuff around here that first day, and it was cool just to see, like, everyone was just willing to serve and get dirty and get muddy, and it kind of set the tone, like, all right, no matter what happens this week, we're ready to go. We're ready to serve God. And so Monday and Tuesday, we went to the well. Uh, a lot of you know the well that we've worked with the past few years. Uh, the well, if you don't know what they are, they're an organization, nonprofit organization that, in a nutshell, they buy homes in the Middlebury, Akron area, and they fix them up, and they renovate them, and they rent them out to people for an affordable price so people can live and create community around the neighborhood. They have a tool library that everyone in the neighborhood can go and they can rent tools like you would go to a library and get a book. You can get tools for your house, whatever you need to fix so you don't have to go and buy them at like Home Depot or Lowe's or anything like that. They have a food pantry and they have a, a place for people to go hang out and, and create community. And that's what they're all about is giving a place, people, place, people a place to live and have community with and make it better for them. And so we got to work with them and we got to do a bunch of different things with them. We had four different groups. One group did a lot of landscaping and, and a lot of them got poison ivy, so pray for them. Uh, most of it should be gone, but um, they did some landscaping and prepped a house to get ready for someone to go or for the team, the well team to go and renovate it and fix it up and start painting it. One team, they were at a, one house the entire time for the two days and they, were prim they primed a whole house and then they painted the whole house. Um, and they did two coats. And so they were doing that all week or for those two days. There was another group that was at their warehouse, the Wells Warehouse, organizing their tool library and getting all that organized so as people come in, they can easily just get their stuff and leave. And then there was one group that was going to different houses as uh, needs arose. I know one of the things that we did, we, uh, we widened the driveway, we took a porch apart, we painted in a house and we did the trim and all the doors and we did some landscaping and we moved things out of a basement and then we painted the basement. And so we did a lot of stuff. And so the funny thing is about the Monday and Tuesday. So on Monday we went there and we worked and they all worked their butts off and they worked really, really hard. And so then we get here in the morning on Tuesday and when I tell you the enemy did not want us to do anything that week. He was trying real, real hard because we woke up that morning. We got here, we ate breakfast, we did our devotional and we were getting ready to go and we get in our vans and we all get in the vans. We had three vans with us, two 15 passengers and one minivan. And Josh Davison, who was driving the other van, one of our youth leaders, turns it on and it sounds like a motorcycle. And it is super, super, super loud. Well, what had happened was over the night, someone came and cut the catalytic converter out of the car, and there's some pictures of it. And they completely, pretty much cut half of the muffler off and took the part. And then we found out later that week that they actually tried to do it to the other van, uh, but it didn't work out for them. And it, they only got like a little cut in the, in the muffler. And so we had no idea what to do, what was going on, but luckily, um, Brian, our van guy, he was able to just bring us a van right away, and he took that one and got it fixed, and it got fixed, um, which was a blessing. But even though it, it put
put a damper on things or kind of put a halt to what we were doing, we were able to get out of the vans while we were waiting for the other van and we were just able to pray and get in a circle and go to God because we know who wins in the end. We know that no matter how hard the enemy tries, as long as we're obedient, God is going to win and he is going to make sure that his plan comes to pass and there's nothing that the enemy or ourselves can even say about that. And so we were just um, so, so encouraged by that, um, even though something like that happened and it was, uh, it was definitely a twist in the week, but we were super, super grateful for how God provided for us. Our next few days from Wednesday and Thursday, we were at Kenmore Garfield High School Fieldhouse. And so how this project came to be was uh, Coach Kemp, who is the head coach for Kenmore Garfield High School football, he came in and he was also meeting with us about stuff he does with Love Akron. He's part of the organization Love Akron. And we were asking him for some projects maybe he could think of um, since he's really, really connected with the community. And he told us, he said, you know, this might be a little selfish, but we could really use the field house being painted. And we were like, no. And he explained it to us as to why. And if you don't know, Kenmore and Garfield, who were rival schools, they ended up merging together as one school. Kenmore Garfield High School is what it's called now. And so they ended up taking basically everything of Garfield. So all of their colors, their mascot, um, pretty much everything. And so they tried to integrate as best as possible. And their field house is still, it was still the Kenmore um, colors, which is cardinal red and black. And the reason that Kemp asked us to paint it or maybe to think about painting it was because he wants his boys to know that they are not forgotten about, that they are valued because the school wasn't going to paint it. It was just going to keep it as it was. And as they walk into their field house, their identity and who they are and their school pride and, and all of that, it's confusing. Okay, are we, are we Garfield colors? Are we Kenmore colors? And there's division there. What he was telling us was if, if they could have some sort of unity in something like this, that would mean so much to them, that they would feel valued, they wouldn't feel forgotten about, that they would feel like they matter to someone even when their lives at home are probably not the easiest. And so we went in and we painted the entire field house in two days and it was so cool. Um, I remember the coaches coming in the first day that we were doing it and they were just like, wow, this, this is amazing. They were kind of speechless. And I know the, we didn't get to necessarily see all the football players be able to see it, but I know Coach Kemp, he's an amazing man of God, and he is going to tell these guys, like, because people who love Jesus, who love you, that this is why this was painted for you. And it was so cool, even though we don't get to see any of those students or those football players, we know that they're gonna feel loved and they're gonna feel valued through just painting the walls of their field house, um, which is such a cool, cool thing. And then Friday, we had our back to school bash and we got another wrench uh, thrown into our week for that day as well um, with the weather. And basically, the day before on Thursday, we had to call um, the back to school bash and say, we're gonna do it inside rather than outside. We had this big thing planned with bounce houses, laser tag, all sorts of things for kids to have fun with, but we, we knew it was gonna rain, and so we had to call it and move it inside. 
And so we were a little worried about it. We were a little bit worried about what was going to happen. How were we going to figure this out? And within like 12 hours, we came up with the idea of like, well, maybe in the kids' room we do like a, like a carnival and have carnival games. And God is so cool because he provided us with Verlin, who <laughs> has everything. Um, and she was like, I've got carnival decorations and carnival games. I've got like 12 of them. We were like, all right, we're doing it then. Um, and so we set everything up in the kids' room, and it went so, 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 so well. That place was full of people playing games and winning prizes, candy, little foam footballs, whatever prizes we had for the kids. And they just won. If you have played the game, you just won. Um, and it was so cool to see people just hanging out and carrying their backpacks around and little kids being excited about their backpacks. And, you know, we were able to give out 213 backpacks full of school supplies to kids in our community. And it was such an honor and a blessing just to see and have conversations with people of telling us, like, you have no idea how big this is for our family, that we don't have to worry about spending money on school supplies or a backpack, and now we can just get them in school, and we don't got to worry about working another job or doing this or that just to get some extra money for notebooks and folders and binders and pencils. And so many people, like, I was so encouraged. I was, I was so worried about, okay, we moved it inside. Is anyone even going to want to come in the building? And I kid you not, by, it, the thing was supposed to start by 6.30. By 5.45, there was a line outside the door down the whole uh, church building. And then we were almost out of school supplies by like 6.45, and it was supposed to end at 8.30. Um, and it was just so, 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 so amazing. But you know what? I can't, I can't express enough words to be able to paint the picture for everyone to understand what that looked like or, or what really, really happened. And so and I wish we had enough time to be able to let everybody be able to give their testimony or their story. I know they would all have at least a story um, about what happened that week. So at the end of the service, you want to in the lobby, just find them and ask them, what did God show them this week? And I, I'm sure they would love to talk to you and tell you about that. But I want to leave uh, this morning, everyone, with a challenge or something that we, we learned this week of Mission Akron and kind of what our theme was. So if you've noticed, uh, our color this year was blue. Um, like last year, our color was green. And, and, and for a reason, we picked blue. And if you don't know that blue, um, it stands for, in a lot of ways, it stands for depth and stability. It stands for the sky. It stands for heaven. It stands for truth, wisdom, confidence. Blue represents in a lot of ways, or emulates those things. And so as we looked at, at, at picking the color blue, I was thinking about what, what kind of story would go along with that. What kind of theme could we have this year on Mission Akron, and what can we learn and grow from? And I couldn't help but think about the story of the two builders. And Jesus says this in Luke chapter 6, verses 46 through 49. He says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words, and he puts them into practice... I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When a flood came, the torrent struck that house but could not shake it. Because it was well built, 
But, when, but the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and destruction was complete. And so I want to give us three different things that go along with one another to take home to, or this evening and go and practice it throughout our lives and so the first one is trust in the words of Jesus. And I know that statement might seem like a duh statement, like, yeah, I trust in the words of Jesus. But I want to ask the question, do we really? Because Jesus here in the story, he's talking to followers and he's talking to his disciples. And there's a reason that he had to come up with this story because obviously there were people that were picking and choosing what they liked that Jesus said and then the rest of the stuff that made them feel a little uncomfortable or didn't fit their agenda they didn't like. And so Jesus brought this up. He said, if you don't fully follow me or trust in the words, the commands that I have given you, then your, your life is going to be like building on sand. You're going to be able to hold on to nothing. And when the storms of life come, you're going to be swept away and you're not going to have that rock to hold on to. I know the things that Jesus calls us to do can be a little uncomfortable. They can be a little um, unnatural to our sinful, selfish desires. But Jesus calls us to be like him for a reason. God, if you look out throughout scriptures, God calls people to do and asks people to do some uncomfortable things. I can't help but think about Hosea. God asks him, go marry a prostitute. I'm going to make an example of this. Like we've been talking about, Pastor Jay's been talking about Moses. God told Moses to go and tell the Pharaoh, let my people go. That was uncomfortable for Moses. Jesus tells us to pray for our enemies. He tells us to turn the other cheek. He tells us to go and serve because he came and serve, to go wash each other's feet. He tells us to do things that are uncomfortable, that are not in our nature to do, but Jesus is the example of how we should live our lives, especially if we're followers of Christ, if we trust in his words. I think too often we forget that Jesus paid the price for our lives, that our lives are on loan, that it's not ours anymore. We don't get to pick and choose where we go for eternity. That's Jesus. He's the one that bought us. He's the one that we deserve or that we need to serve and deserves all of the praise. Like he says in Acts 1.8, our vision, our model, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He's calling us to be his witnesses, but we can't witness about him if we don't trust in his words. If we pick and choose and we act like a buffet, of when we want to be like Jesus. That's not how it works. Jesus calls us to be his witnesses. He says, you either follow me or you don't. Second point is dig deep. We need to dig deep in our relationship with Jesus. We need to get to know him. We, get, we need to know what his commands are. We need to read his word. We need to be more like him. If we have a relationship with Jesus, but we don't listen to what he has to say, then there. It should be like having a friendship or a relationship where you just, you like to be around that person, but you don't like what they have to say. So there's no depth to your relationship there whatsoever. There's no trust if you don't like what they have to say and you don't listen to them ever. The reason we dig deep is because Jesus is the only one 
and the only rock that we can hold on to that is going to stand firm no matter what storms come in life, no matter what obstacles we have to go through. If we're trying to cling on to our selfish desires, our sinful nature, it's going to be like the sand, and when the storm comes, it's going to rip you away. Dig deep in your relationship with Jesus. Third point is live a life of humility. Throughout the week in our devotionals, I I wrote the devotionals for everybody, and it was off of this theme of of digging deep and getting to know Jesus and being more like him. And so we had six words, one for each day, that we focused on. The first one that I thought was appropriate for us to start with was the word humility. And so live a life of humility. That's what Jesus did when he came down here. He humbled himself, and he took the likeness of us. He didn't have equality with God. He gave that away so he could come, be like us, show us the example, and pay the price for our sins, dying on the cross and raising three days later. Jesus was about people. He wasn't about himself, and that's how we should be living our lives, and that's what Mission Akron was all about, that it's not about us. We don't care if we got to get muddy. We got to get dirty. We got to be in the rain. We got to deal with paint fumes, or we've got to deal with um, being in a crammed room with a bunch of people It was all for others. It was all for Jesus. It was all to give glory to God. And that is how we should be living our lives when it comes to being followers of Christ is that it's about others and not about ourselves. Paul paints a perfect picture in Philippians 2, 1 through 11. He says this, there... Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion then make my joy complete by being like-minded and having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. In your relationship with one another, you have the same mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in the human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to glory of God the Father. Paul paints a picture here of what it means, what our lives, the fruit of our lives should look like as a follower of Jesus. If we're here to have the like, the same mindset as Jesus, it means humbling ourselves and looking to the interests of others and being more like him. And that's our connection point for this morning. And I know it's nothing that's prophetic. I know it's not maybe a play on words or anything like that, but this is something that's been preached for 2,000 years and it still needs to be applied to our lives today. So let's be more like Jesus. I hope from what the students and the young adults have said, I I hope from uh, the video and from all that happened the week of Mission Akron, I hope you're inspired by what God can do in your life as long as you're obedient, you're digging deep and you wanna be more like Jesus and see where God takes you. And so I hope you're inspired and you're challenged this morning. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Lord, for all that you did the week of Mission Akron, Lord, we might not be able to see the fruits of our labors, Lord, but we know that seeds were planted, that people were going to know and feel your love, Lord, and I pray that that just 
Um, one day in heaven we'll be able to see that and see the fruits of that, Lord, and we're just so, so thankful for that. We're so thankful for your son Jesus who came and died for us, who came and lived a life of a servant and paid the price for, for all of us in this room. Lord, we're so thankful for your grace and your mercy. Lord, I pray as we leave here this morning, Lord, that you would just challenge us, um, Lord, to live and be more like Jesus. Lord, to serve others, that, that, that the first thing that we think about is how can I think about others more than myself? Lord, and help us and challenge us to be more like Jesus. Lord, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.